Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. This week on Thursday, the 25th of October, Berlin hosted an international expert conference to discuss the recovery, reconstruction and modernization of Ukraine at the invitation of the G7 and the European Commission. As President Zelensky noted during this conference, 38 billion is our total budget deficit for the 2023. Unfortunately, we have lost from 35 to 45 percent of our GDP, of our economy during this year, and Russia continue to realize their terroristic strategy and destroy our infrastructure, heating, energy, and so on, so on. You, you see this all and you understand this all. So we have the promises and we have hope that the European Commission and European Parliament will support this decision, will disburse for Ukraine around 18 billion euros for the next year for a monthly support of budget deficit. We also hope that the United States will support the same amount, 1.5 billion per month. We also work with IMF and have very fruitful negotiations with Madame Kristalina Georgieva here during this conference and the day before. So, we have hope that we will have monthly budget support. You just heard Denis Shmihal, Prime Minister of Ukraine, speaking at the conference. Indeed, the mission ahead of us to rebuild and rehabilitate Ukraine is a colossal task. And I quote here European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, who spoke at a joint press conference with Chancellor Scholz and the Ukrainian Prime Minister on the same day. The war may still be raging in the country, but the West and the European Union in particular want to get into gear to prepare for a future in which a post-war independent Ukraine would be set on the road to EU membership. That is why they are already preparing a 21st century Marshall Plan, inspired by the 1948 plan that supported post-war Europe's reconstruction. Overall, the World Bank estimates the cost of destruction at 350 billion euros, but it is clear that it would be much more, as this figure does not take into account the fighting that has destroyed many industrial towns in the Donbass, nor the systematic Russian attacks on energy facilities. Already by 2023, the country would need support of 3 to 5 billion euros per month, Ukraine has lost between 35 and 45 percent of its GDP this year. The Commission president explained that the EU was trying to provide support to the tune of 18 billion euros for 2023. President Volodymyr Zelensky, who spoke on video at the conference, called for 38 billion dollars from the international community to cover his country's budget deficit next year. Ursula von der Leyen reiterated the EU's commitment of $1.5 billion per month, hoping for a similar commitment from the US. To manage the support and reconstruction of the country, the international community and Ukraine will set up a donor platform for financial coordination and recovery of the country. As a central instrument for the coordination and international and European support, which could be in place already by the end of this year. At the conference, EU participants repeated their commitment to support Ukraine's accession to the EU, as they already decided in June this year. This is the case of Olaf Scholz, the Chancellor of Germany, 
in a clip shared by our colleagues of AMS. On the 23rd of June this year, we took a decision in the European Council, an important decision for Ukraine and for the EU. We decided to grant Ukraine the status of a candidate country. In doing so, we are acknowledging what everyone knows since the Maiden protests. Ukraine is part of the European family. The leaders added that the country's reconstruction efforts must be firmly in line with this European aspiration. This would reset post-war Ukraine into a state that is a model for Europe, with laws and institutions to uphold the rule of law, to fight corruption and with standards of good governance, to become a dynamic part of Europe's sustainable and digital future through Western investment. AMS reports. Respect for fundamental rights and the rule of law are essential features of the European Union. This and democracy are the basis for trust among member states. For this reform, the EU, Germany will be reliable partners for Ukraine. At the German-Ukrainian Parallel Economic Forum, German companies also discussed how they can help Ukraine recover. Some 2,000 German companies do business in Ukraine, companies that recalled the need for a more reliable, transparent and anti-corruption business environment. Renewable energy will be the energy of freedom for Ukraine. Denitsa Petrova, a project officer for Greenpeace Central and Eastern Europe, based in Bulgaria, told our colleagues at BNR. My colleagues from the civil organizations also insist on another type of development. We mean a green development and all the energy infrastructure that is currently destroyed should not be rebuilt as it was, because there is no place for old infrastructure, for fossil fuels in the new Ukraine, in Ukraine after the war. The Ukrainian leadership is currently creating a plan for the rebuilding of the state. In the plan, in which there are over 900 projects at the moment, there is a possible similarity with the plan of Bulgaria, because the plan is quite backward. But if Ukraine wants to become part of Europe, as it has requested, and Europe wants to support Ukraine in its reconstruction, then Ukraine will really have to enter this framework of climate goals of another type of energy, energy, biodiversity, nature protection. In fact, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has highlighted the urgent need to reform the global energy system, reduce Europe's dependence on Russia and accelerate the energy transition, as Europe is committed to doing in Repower EU. The war has led to a complete reorientation of the global energy trade, leaving Russia in a greatly diminished position. The International Energy Agency details in a recent report analyzed by S. Radio Castilla y León. A new energy security paradigm aimed at ensuring reliability and affordability is needed, and these relocation measures would help boost global investment in clean energy by more than 2,000 million euros per year by 2030, an increase of more than 50% compared to 2022. At a press conference in Berlin, Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki noted that Western military aid should be sustained to support Ukraine intensively on the military front, in this excerpt from his press conference shared by Polskie Radio. When it comes to military support, Poland is proportionately the second 
largest donor of the Ukrainian army. We allocated almost one percentage point of our GDP to support Ukraine financially, humanitarian help, and from the point of military support, weapon delivery. Last week on Thursday, 20th of October, in an address to the European Council, President Zelensky also reiterated his call for air and missile defense system. The EU is already providing a military assistance mission to support Ukraine, as well as funding, but no new announcement have been made recently. But not all Europeans are happy to provide armed support to the Ukrainians. This is the case of socialist MEP Yelena Yoncheva, with whom BNR spoke. She criticizes what she sees as a lack of strategy to stop the war, blaming EU High Representative Josep Borrell for his lack of vision. In words, we all strive to stop this war, but the debate in the European Parliament is not about a strategy to stop it. Every day we hear words about weapons, not about diplomatic negotiations. There is even talk of nuclear war, but not about a European strategy to stop the war. A month ago I asked Mr. Joseph Borrell, the EU foreign policy chief, what the strategy was and whether the EU even had a strategy to stop the war. His answer was rather surprising. There is no strategy and our goal is to help Ukraine. That is not enough. Finally, EU leaders last week said they were ready to pursue new sanctions against Russia after Zelensky called for a ninth package of sanctions with even stronger measures. He also called for sanctions against Belarus, which is, he said, complicit with Russia. Alexander Lukashenko, the Belarusian leader, sent troops near the border with Ukraine this month and the threat of Belarusian intervention in the conflict is causing concern in Europe, especially in Baltic countries such as Lithuania and Estonia. Estonian Foreign Minister Urmas Reinsalo told Kukuradio that the threat is real, adding that the war in Ukraine has also hidden the crisis of democracy in Belarus, where human rights abuses and unprecedented repression have been carried out by the authorities since the beginning of the invasion of Ukraine. Certainly, a large part of the Belarusian people still disapprove of the Lukashenko dictatorship. Thousands of people are political prisoners. Like the Belarusian people and the Belarusian democratic movement, the whole world is watching with anxiety the threat of possible involvement of Belarusian ground military forces in Putin's war of aggression against Ukraine. It is therefore vital that one dictator does not dare support another. Yes, he, Lukashenko, is certainly Russia's accomplice. There is no doubt about that. In fact, we, the Western countries, have not done enough. For example, Belarus still has bank accounts in Western countries with money it can use. And there are still a number of areas where pressure could be put on the Lukashenko regime. Thanks for listening and make sure to come back again in two weeks' time for another episode of our Panorama podcast. Bye.